the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com, or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Another 90 minutes of looking at the book of books. We are making our way through the entire Bible every year. If you have a first, if you're a first-time listener, this is a program that we go through the Bible every year. We uh, have our readings on, uh, online on internet, and we read through uh, every book, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible every year uh, there. And you can join us there if you'd like. Or you can uh, read it on your schedule, but we just we discuss our way through. Jacob is here with me, giving us that valuable, invaluable uh, Hebrew perspective of the scriptures, the, the language, the culture, the history, uh, and and the understanding of these the, the um, linguistic forms, the metaphors, the the examples that are given. And it's exciting every week to see what he helps us discover as we read through the scriptures. We are in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah this week. We finished up reading Ezra, and we've been discussing Ezra a pretty good long while because he was also the author of uh, First and Second Chronicles. So That's we've what talked they about, say. Yes. We've talked about him a lot, this, uh, this, young, uh, this scribe who was incredibly committed to uh, the scriptures, the preservation of the scriptures, and the um, the inspiration of the scriptures. It just 
a tremendous uh, leader of the people of Israel. Now, we are in the period of history when the people of Israel have returned from Babylon, 70 years in Babylon in exile, uh, starting in 586 B.C., uh, this third invasion of Israel by Nebuchadnezzar. They destroyed the temple, took all of the uh, all of the wealth and riches, and, yeah, and they had already have begun taking many of the younger uh, men and women, uh, the royal household and so on, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and others, many others, and on over into Babylon. About, if I understand it correctly, if they go up over the the uh, the uh, Fertile Crescent, the, they call it uh, above, and then come back down toward Israel. I think it's something like a nine hundred to a thousand mile journey. Uh, over and of course, in those days, that was no small thing. You don't make it in a day. You don't take a flight. You, uh, it's a long journey, a difficult journey. But uh, many thousands made that journey back—forty to fifty thousand. It seems to me, if I remember correctly, somewhere around that many made it back to Israel uh, under the decree of um, Cyrus. And they were able to come back to to uh, Israel. They began with the reconstruction and the rebuilding of the temple, and then that was uh, under I think under Ezra's instruction and guidance. Uh, and then now we're going to read from the book of Nehemiah. We're going to talk about how they begin to uh, reconstruct now the walls of defense around the capital city, around Jerusalem. So it's. Um, that's that's what's in store this week, and that's what we're going to be discussing tonight. Uh, I think probably more than anything else, probably the, this this man named Nehemiah, remarkable leader as well. Not a, not a pre- priest, not a scribe, but just uh, basically a. Was he of the royal uh, family? Well, you know that's so interesting. You would ask me, "Hi, Sophie." Hi, Jacob. We're just going on here, wasn't it? Uh, no, no. I was thinking, you know, maybe I thought John and I go out and get coffee. Oh, uh-huh. that'd uh, be good. Bring me back. Some. Anyway, here's a. Uh, but all joking aside, one of the questions I wanted to ask on the show, so mm-hmm. somebody can call in if they know, mm-hmm. what tribe is Nehemiah from? Always an interesting question, right? I mean, I, I guess. It's, I guess it it's, is. Is it important? Uh, would you say? Well, uh, I think, I think, I think. Okay. I, that's three times. I think, I think, I think. <laughs> Therefore, uh, I, I, I am, I am, I am, right? Uh-huh. Well, um, what tribe? I don't, I don't think I know. Does it tell us in the book? Well, now that's an interesting question too. I'm just full of them, aren't I? No answers, but lots of questions. You might say that. Was that's he? Uh, <laughs> uh, he's sneaky. See what he did there? He turned that around. Uh, Nehemiah. Um, I would. I would guess a certain tribe, but I guess I shouldn't guess, right? I shouldn't. Because well, when I weigh in, it pretty well. In your Bible, because other, because actually from the Jewish Bible and the mm-hmm. regular Christian Bible, the, the the chapters and the verses they pretty much stay the same. There's a few minor changes here and there, mm-hmm. but in and of course in the Jewish Bible, Chronicles is the last, and the Christian Bible, Ezra or uh, Malachi, uh-huh, right. Mal- Malachi is the last. So, but let me ask you a question. Going from Nehemiah backwards in your Bible, is it Nehemiah going backwards, Ezra going Ezra, backwards, Ezra, to D- Daniel? Uh, no, Daniel comes later. Uh, uh, we come directly from Chronicles. Uh, we call the book, uh, well, what we've been told is we have the books of history uh, collected uh, together. Okay. Kings, uh, Samuel, then Kings, then Chronicles. Okay. And then in Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, 
uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, well, Song of Solomon. Esther is very important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And why is Esther important? Well, because she was the uh, winner of the uh, Miss Israel contest. Yes, but they didn't they did not the... have ba- a bathing oh, suit competition. Oh, you stole my joke. <laughs> I knew you were going to go for that. That's, uh, a, that's an interesting uh, development okay, in our here's, times. Here's how they go in the order. In the same books, basically same verses. Uh-huh. There's a couple minor changes of verse numbering, but the same book, same verses. Numbers might be different. But see, it goes like this. Chronicles is the last books mm-hmm. in the uh, Jewish Bible. And then Malachi? No. No, no. Oh, before? Then it goes oh. before... Just before Chronicles, it's Nehemiah. And then it's Ezra. Then it's Daniel. And before Daniel, it's Esther. Huh. Now, now that's an interesting. Uh, that really is an interesting sort of a. a yes. Huh. Hmm. Now, that will give you Pondering a clue it. to your other questions. Oh, really? Yes, that's a clue. Uh-huh. Hmm. So, if there's anybody out there that would like to share, perhaps we have a phone number. I don't know. Yeah, 340-95. Oh, goodness gracious. Let's try this. I've got it. It's written right here. on the soap. It says 210-340-9585. It's right there. See the big sign? A brain freeze. After all these years, you would think. 340-9585. Yeah, if you'd like to let us know uh, what tribe... Was. From what tribe did Nehemiah uh, proceed? What, what tribe did he come from? Uh, mm, I'm, kind of, I'm interested in my, dun, if my dun, guess dun, is going to be right. Ding. Yeah, dun, yeah. Um, well, let's, that, let's talk about him a little question. bit. Let's let's talk about the historical well, setting. Okay, one. Now, who was this uh, Xerxes? Who was this emperor? Yeah. In the opening Uh-oh. chapters, Nehemiah. Calls in. Uh, Nehemiah calls in. <laughs> hey, that's funny. You know, yeah, yeah, it is. ladies and gentlemen, Someone is he calling says in. Nehemiah calls in, and right then we got our very first call. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Nehemiah goes to this to the emperor. He's back. He's back there in in uh, Babylon. He's in Babylon, and he uh, he's getting news about the uh, people who went back and returned to Israel. And uh, one of the things, one of the news pieces he gets from one of the newspapers. I don't know which one it was. Uh-huh. Um, it was the Babylon the, Gazette. The Babylon Gazette or Times, one or the other. There's the, a guy named they, Larry. They said, that. okay, we'll get to Larry. Let me just give this and Larry setting. will be first and the other guys will be behind That's right, him. Behind him. That's right. Um, so anyway, Nehemiah is a He's a cupbearer, which oh. we is a very important and very unusual uh, assignment or task. So we need to talk about that. But he's a cupbearer for the emperor. So that means, I mean, at least he's very, very trusted, a very important, very responsible position. And he always has to be upbeat and happy. He can't go into the emperor's present with a sad face because we don't want to bring him down, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, if you were a guy, the, mm-hmm. the king was okay with you. But you didn't like Nehemiah. See, you'd know how to get rid of him, wouldn't you? You poisoned the king's drink because Nehemiah tasted it first. And you say, oh, I like the king, but Nehemiah, he's a jerk. Uh, yeah, well, but that isn't what he does, though, right? Yeah, well, he, he, he does ta- have an enemy. He does taste the king's drinks. Yeah, he tastes the king's drinks, but they don't try that. He does have an enemy. Uh, he shows up, right? He it, does have two or three Well, enemies. not there, not there. No, in, when he gets over to Jerusalem. That's, somebody, gets, that's yeah. Esther, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I was thinking of but oh, so, so. Well, no, actually, but, that was crossing my mind. In the book of Esther, uh-huh. had Haman 
uh, gone, yeah, right. gone after Nehemiah, he could have figured out a way to do him in. This is like a Columbo scale. Are they are they contemporaries? Oh, uh, I told you there was a reason why uh, in the Jewish Bible, Chronicles is at the end. Okay. Next coming before right, that's Nehemiah, right. then Ezra, then Daniel, then Esther. Okay, so then, uh, well, the point I was making, though, is that Nehemiah takes his step of, he gets the bad news that the walls are all torn down, the city is very uh, vulnerable to enemies and so on, and he weeps, you know, He and he's sad, and he dares to show that sadness to the emperor. I don't know if it's Xerxes, Artaxerxes, which one, all that stuff. Uh, we'll have to put it in its setting well, in a minute. It's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, there's another name for Xerxes, but that's the one we all use. Okay. And, but his, his daddy was who? Uh, his daddy was the one that uh, Esther served under, right? Uh, well, was yeah, Esther's wife, well, yeah. Esther's husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, uh, but and that he, was the Artaxerxes of the three hundred, yeah, the but, Greeks that fought well, against yeah, him, the Darius, emperor uh-huh, of Persia, and, Darius. and okay. then Cyrus comes along. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, okay. yeah, so we have that. a connection here. So, anyway, so there oh, is something going on with yep. why these books are all laced together. Okay. Well, he tells the emperor about his bad news and his heart for the walls. And, and the emperor turns right around and, and it gives him favor and says, I give you some money. I'll but give you supplies. And sends him back to Israel. But why does he? It's in Nehemiah. Uh, I don't can... know. Let's take a call. Okay. <laughs> Let's do the first call I'll use in Larry. line. That would be Larry. I'll use Larry as my... My diverting that question. Uh, okay. Hi, Larry. How are you this evening? Well, if I was doing any better, I'd sell tickets. <laughs> wow. Well, I might buy one. That sounds yeah. great. Well, listen. Are you ready? And I peek under the tent. What do you know about Nehemiah? What's uh, what's or, or or something else might be on your mind tonight as well? That's uh, yeah. But if it is, we don't care. We want our question answered. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> do you know what tribe uh, Nehemiah was from? What? No, I sure don't. Hmm. Almost nobody catches Remains this. Remains a mystery. Is oh. it in the book? Yes. Can we still be friends? What's that? We can still be friends. Yes, indeed. There's no... Uh, we're... I'm not loaning you any money, but we can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> no respect to persons. I, I call for a very specific, serious reason. All right. I have written an article uh, to, uh, titled The Timing of the Rapture. Hmm. It's going to go into print in uh, about six weeks. Okay. And also the people who are going to, to print this are so impressed with it that they're going to uh, provide me with radio time and interview me on this about this article. Wonderful. When is this scheduled? We May might like I... to do that, too. Pardon me? We not, might like to well, do that, Sophie, too. I have to. we have to ask him, will his article be published after the end times? That's what we got to know first. <laughs> well, uh, if... If you'd like to interview me, I would like to send you the article and let you read it and see if you wanted to do that. I would like to get it. I really would, Larry. You have uh, that, an email where he could send it. Sure. Uh, what would that email be? Sophie? That would be soapy at thebiblelive.com. Wow. Soapy at thebiblelive.com. Well, you're not going to Yeah, we'd love to get it, Larry. And, and, yeah, well, I mean, tell anything us a little biblical. Bit about it, Larry. What have you got, a breakthrough or two, or do you have a, kind of a new perspective, or what's, what's going on? Listen, I have heard debates between pre-trivers and post-trivers, and it seems like it was always the pre-triver got all the time and got the softball questions, and the post-triver 
got a little time and never got to really quote the scripture. Well, mm-hmm. I got the scripture. You'll see when I email okay. this to you. Now it's Sophie at the Bible dot com. At the Bible Live. Like Saturday Night Live. Live. It's the okay. Bible Live. L I V E. Not alive. There's no A on it. It's just the Bible Live dot com. Yeah, I'd like to get it, Larry. I really would. And uh, are, you, are you in Texas, can, Larry? Are you? Yeah, I think he's here in San Antonio. Yeah, in San Antonio. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's in Texas, you know. <laughs> so my the answer oh. to my question is yes. Yes. Okay. okay. You see how this so, works out? Yeah, I got it. Okay. I I give won't us, take uh, up any more of your time. I'll, you I'll, I'll email this, and I'll be looking forward to your reply. Okay, looking but, forward to getting it. Right, we'll wait, talk wait, to you then. Nobody's answered my question yet. Well, he said he didn't know. He what? didn't know. He wrote the article, and he doesn't No, no, know. he doesn't know what tribe Nehemiah was. No, I know, but I asked two other questions. Okay, you ask if he I wrote the article. I asked if he want to give us a little blurb, a little advertisement, a little insight on what his article's about. Hmm. Oh, did, does a bear walk in the woods? Yeah, right, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wasn't prepared for this. I got it in another great. room. I have to run and get it. It's well, just a one-page thing, well, what we but wanted, it'll blow you away. How soon is it, the, uh, the, the, the coming you mean, what, is it going to be in French? No, the coming of uh, the Jesus, the end of the times and so on. Oh, oh it's going to happen at the... At the end of time. <laughs> at the end of the uh, tribulation. All right, so we, we have the tribulation. Is it seven years of tribulation? You betcha. Okay. The first three and a half is rather mild. The last three and a half, Katie bore the door. Uh-huh. Sounds like uh, Obama's time. In, no, never mind. I did. <laughs> was rather hostile. All right. Sophie. That was. Me. May I run in the other room and get well, my article? Uh, uh, all right. All right. We'll put you on hold. Yeah, here you can talk to us a minute and tell us about it. I don't tell mind us a little that. bit about it. Hey, all right. Because it's going to be fairly interesting, I'm sure. All right. Fairly. Well, we're going to hear yeah. from Larry just a moment. Not. We can't take too much time on this because we've, right. yeah, we've got Nehemiah. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But right. Nehemiah is our is our baby tonight. He's our man. And um, well, actually, as you began opening up, we were finishing the book of Ezra, then doing Nehemiah. Right. Uh-huh. Ezra ended up uh, under king of Persia, Artaxerxes, I believe, and then. Uh, were they Nehemiah and Ezra were both there at the same time? Then they were contemporaries. Actually, the yes. stuff that's written in uh, in Nehemiah comes, as I understand it, about fourteen years after the temple is the second temple is actually constructed. Okay, the second temple is okay. The temple is uh, that's the seventy years, as I understand it. The temple was completed in. Five eighty six, five fifteen. So that's that's seventy years. Well, okay. Now this is the error that the Babylonians made. Okay. See, the Babylonians looked at it and said, "Oh, well, they tried to figure out when did the seventy years start and when did it end." Right. A lot of people have tried to do that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Daniel seemed to have a grasp of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would actually, trust Daniel. And it's it's in Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty four, but. And it talks about 70 years or 70 weeks. Yeah. Is that the one where it talks about yes. the number of years that they didn't yes. allow the land to lay fallow? Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. Well, that explains why 70 years, right. but does he also tell what yes. 70 years they when were? When that time uh-huh. has been fulfilled, then, to see how these books start in further, then the, the Jews can start coming back. Well, at oh. the same time, you see the thing is going on with Esther. These people are not strangers to each other. 
And so Esther's, the book of Esther's going on. She's doing the stuff. Right, she's yes, uh-huh. being the queen. And, uh, and, of course, Daniel's doing his thing. So then Ezra, he gets permission. In fact, we're going to find From out. Cyrus, right? From uh, uh, Yes. Cyrus Jesus, uh-huh. the Great, I think. And so actually they find. Uh, Cyrus the Mediocre. One of the, the I'm mediocre, not sure which yeah. one. He was uh, he ate a lot of eggs. He was a yoker, uh, and but um, but or told a lot of funny things. Anyway, but uh, but the point is, in the book of Nehemiah, it actually tells something very interesting. You're and kidding? It, yeah, it does, and it tells uh, that one of the three guys that was involved in Daniel's situation. Mm-hmm. And you remember you used their Babylonian I did, Shadrach, Meshach, that, Abednego. That, that's fine. That's what everybody knows them by. Okay. Uh, they have Hebrew names, however. Yes. However, Daniel, we never call him his Babylonian name. We call him Daniel. Right, Belteshazzar, I think. Right, was that's right. Babylonian. So, but the other guys we use the name Meshach, Shadrach, and off the bed I go. Mm-hmm. And so, the, uh, but they all have Hebrew names. Right. Now, in the book of Nehemiah, he consults with one of them. Ah! Oh, okay, that's interesting. That, oh, that yeah. is very interesting. Yeah, he does. By his Hebrew name, right? Uh, exactly. So that's why that's it's important why to know that catching name. catching it because he called him by his Hebrew name. He says, let me go talk to so-and-so. Yes. Oh, cool, cool. Well, so all right. Now, we're putting this whole story together. Now. So uh, 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 yes or no, kind of quickly, and we'll get back to Larry here. Uh-huh. Was the 70-year period, where is it measured? Was it from 586 to 515? Is yes. that general? Yeah. Sure. Uh, to so the that's completion numbers, of the temple. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. I wondered about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But after the 70 years, the 7 times 7, because it occurs every 7 years. Right. 7 times 7. We recognize that reference, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, yes. Uh-huh. That is one of the very famous persons. How many times could yeah. you yeah, forgive right. someone? Yeah, 7 times 70, just like with Daniel. Come on. <laughs> so, okay. So what happens is now uh, we got Ezra doing stuff, and we got Nehemiah doing stuff. Now, Ezra... We know this. It's called him the scribe. But what is he really? Oh, well, oh, I um, don't know. He's, he's a scribe. Actually, uh, yeah, he's from the Levites. Is he a Levite? Yeah. I was thinking he was not. Oh, well, you were thinking uh, wrong. It, it was wrong, but it was interesting. All right. Nonetheless. Okay. But I will eliminate that confusion. Nehemiah is not a Levite. No. Nehemiah not. No, he's okay. a politician. He's, he's That's correct. But, but he's not from that le- so it could we gotta choose from the other eleven. Hmm. Uh well Judah, if we, if we actually, Benjamin. Actually if we count from the other eleven, yes. That would be correct. I'm not gonna confuse the issue. Thank yes. you very much. I, I knew where you were headed with that. I know you I could tell by you grabbing your, your earlobes that you knew where I was. Ah! I don't want to hear okay. that. Well, Larry is okay, back with us, so let's back. go and see oh, a yeah. little bit about this. Uh, we've communicated before, and we'll give um, he'll have a lot more time on it. But uh, we would be interested in kind of an overview, if you can do it quickly, uh, so we don't our eyes don't glaze over or anything. If we don't get, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. If that's all right, Larry, tonight. Are you there, Larry? Yeah, buddy. Okay, listen, this is what Soapy is alluding to. Uh, When the British talk about the Civil War in America, they sum it up like this. They say, the South had the will, but the North had the factories. That's all. So what you got there, Larry? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Please enter John Darby. 
comma, rapture, in your search engine. And you will soon find that in 1830, he invented the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine. Prior to that, none of our church fathers taught this false doctrine. That's right, none of the apostles or church leaders prior to John Nelson Darby ever spark, spoke of the extra-biblical doctrine. Of the pre-trib rapture. That's correct. Okay. I knew it was a, a recent or a later development. I didn't know that for sure. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 29, 30, and 31 clearly describes the only second coming of Jesus and gathering of saints and states that it happens immediately after the tribulation. Mark chapter 13, verse 24 through 27 speaks of this very same post-tribulation. Our music is up. We're going to have to take a break with time constraints. It just happens in radio. But you've piqued our interest, and uh, we're going to keep you. If, can you stay a few minutes and just then we'll give it a quick summary? And, we'll, of course, we'll come back to it with more time, uh, like we said, in, in a, uh, a later program. But th- this is interesting. Uh, I, 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 you're giving the scriptures, and that's the important thing. And uh, everybody's thinking about these days. Everybody's wondering, could it happen while we're here? Could we be that terminal generation and if we don't returns? come back, you'll have your answer. <laughs> All right. Don't go away, folks. Larry is going to come back and finish his little presentation and general overview of this second coming uh, understanding from the Scriptures. 340-9585. Don't go away. ...with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Your Father in Heaven knows what's best for you. Our Daily Bread. Today's encouragement from the Our Daily Bread devotional was written by Linda Washington. Linda writes, After being laid off from an editorial job, I prayed, asking for God to help me find a new one. But when weeks went by and nothing came of my attempts at networking and filling out applications, I began to pout. Don't you know how important it is that I have a job, I asked God, my arms folded in protest at my seemingly unanswered prayer? When I talked to my father, who had often reminded me about believing God's promises, about my job situation, he said, I want you to get to the point where you trust what God says. You know, my father's advice reminds me of Proverbs 3, which includes wise advice from a parent to a beloved child. This familiar passage was especially applicable to my situation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. To make paths straight means God will guide us toward his goals for our growth. His ultimate goal is that I become more like him. This doesn't mean that the paths he chooses will be easy, but I can choose to trust that his direction and timing are ultimately for my good. Are you waiting on God for an answer? Choose to draw near to him and trust that he will guide you.
Reach for God's Word any time of the day with the new Our Daily Bread mobile app. Or receive the print version at home for no cost or obligation. Visit getodbtoday.org. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries. Daily devotionals, community events, audio from your favorite ministries, and timely articles for the Christian family. All in one place. AM630theword.com. That's AM630theword.com. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. You may know Charlie Puth from the YouTube channel that launched his singing career. But the New Jersey native says that his second album, Voice Notes, represents who he really is. It's a smooth combination of pop and R&B and talks a lot about the singer and his relationships. Puth can be sweet, soft, and sentimental in his tunes, but other times his understanding of what fidelity actually requires gets a bit fuzzy. That inconsistency, combined with bouts of drinking and profanity, lead me to voice a note of warning about voice notes. I'm giving the album a two out of five for family friendliness. For the full review, be sure to visit us at pluggedin.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olaszewski for Focus on the Families Plugged In. Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com. You're everything good in my life. Everything honest and true. And all of those stars hanging up in the sky can never shine brighter You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy the Bible Live, just one more hour. So if you want to give us a call, want to weigh in, uh, and we have a kind of a key question tonight. What tribe, from what tribe of Israel was Nehemiah? And uh, we've understand now that Ezra was a Levite. I kind of, I maybe, I'd, I think I knew that detail, but I'd forgotten it. But uh, anyway, um, it, it's, I don't know. Now, Jacob says this is with all clarity and all seriousness and, and pretty firmly that he knows exactly what tribe Nehemiah was from. But when he showed me the passage, I'm thinking, well, is that is that is that really that firm? Is that that clear? Maybe he'll clear that up for us. But maybe you have a um, maybe you have a, a guess for us. You'd like to take a shot at that or maybe you uh, have inside information and you can tell us what from what tribe of Israel was Nehemiah. We're giving you a little bit of the background on this individual. Very interesting guy. Very interesting. Very gifted administrator. Uh, a very godly person. One of the great features of the book of Nehemiah are these prayers. Nehemiah, I think there's, hmm, if I remember, nine 
nine prayers that that in the middle of the book Nehemiah is telling the story about what happened and you know it's that from a first person point of view it's Nehemiah telling the story of how he got involved in this project to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem and when he was back over in Persia and serving as a cupbearer to the emperor and, and he tells it all the way first person I was doing this I was doing this then I did that and and nine times I think it is exactly he breaks into prayer as something happens some emergency rises up and he right there we see his prayer to the lord and I, I, that is very interesting to follow the prayer uh the prayers of nehemiah that's one way to look at the book uh but then um that's we're discussing that tonight if you'd like to have any questions or thoughts or observations about nehemiah uh we'd love to hear from you 3409585 area code 210 3409585 or of course you can sound off and ask us any question or give any comment or any thought you have, something maybe you've been discovering about the scriptures, about God's word, about the relationship with God, the idea of knowing God, uh, anything, we'd be glad to be visit with you and encourage you and, and try to maybe, uh, who knows, give a little inspiration, a little encouragement uh, as, you, as we get to know the God of the scriptures. But right now, let's go and talk, go back to Larry. He's on the line with us, and he is one who has been studying uh, very deeply and very um, thoroughly the theme of the um, the end times, the, the idea of this rapture, the coming of Messiah, the idea that either pre- Mid or post tribulation, the seven year period of tribulation that is spoken of in some places, and then also this idea of a thousand year reign. Uh, he's trying to kind of give us a perspective that uh, goes against the kind of, I, I guess you'd say, the, the more popular view these days, right, Larry? Ever since it was created in the early 1800s, it was, uh, it has become, would you say, the. The, the more popular, the more uh, well-known, at least, version of the end times uh, scenario? I can tell you that any church I ever joined, I was uh, invited to leave because I would not accept <laughs> <laughs> the pre-tribulation rapture. And when I try to, to quote scripture, they won't hear it. It's that but big a thing. they're going to have to listen to it now because it's going to be on the radio and it's going to be in print. It's that big a matter, huh? In other words, uh, uh, people just uh, are animate. You know, th- th- this has got to be this way or if it's not, you know, out the door. I didn't know that people were that. Uh, I didn't know that, that particular doctrine I've been thrown out was... of several churches. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I mean, invited to leave. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm telling you, listen, if you will allow me to give my email address, I'll send anyone a copy of this this one-page article that gives all the scripture that backs up what I have to say. Well, you better get ready. You better have a big mailbox because, I mean, we've got at least eight or ten listeners. Uh, you're gonna get I was going to say, uh, can you accommodate? A couple hundred thousand people there, Larry? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> who, knows what, who knows what you might get? But, uh, yeah, go ahead and give that, Larry. And then, uh, But we'll look forward to another visit, okay? Come back, and we'll talk more in depth about this idea yeah, well, that the that – the, what is it that – the tribulation – is it the tribulation period that you – you, you think it doesn't exist or does exist? Or is there such thing as a seven-year tribulation period? Like, real quick. Okay. John chapter 6, verse 39, 40, 44, and 54. Jesus said, 
four times that the dead in Christ will be raised at the last day. Now, what part of the last day don't these pre-trippers understand? <laughs> the last day. Oh, well. The I mean, I, I could go on and on and on, but I don't want to take up your airtime. Oh, that's all right. That's fine. Okay, so you, uh, so there is no tribulation. Yeah, there's a tribulation. Okay, the, give it, the, without the scripture. I was saying the Christians have to go through the tribulation. Oh, I see. And that's the difference. It's not preaching. And all these million-dollar uh, preachers are telling them that, that, that don't worry. Just don't worry about the tribulation because you're going to be raptured. Baloney. All right. Well, that's the basic theme. Well, now, give that email address so people can get in touch with you, and then we'll we'll get back. You'll be in touch with me, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch the theme more thoroughly another time. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday before I can respond, uh, but it's just Vines Word, V-I-N-E-S-W-O-R-D. Vines Word. Vines, V-I-N-E-S-W-O-R-D, uh-huh. or Vines Word, at ProtonMail.com. Did you say Divine Sword? V-I-N-E. Oh, Vine Sword. W-O-R-D. So it's either Vine's Word or Vine Sword. Vine Sword. It's spelled okay. the same. You got it. I got it. Vine Sword at? ProtonMail.com. ProtonMail.com. All right, folks, you got it. If you're interested in that theme and would like to get this perspective and check it out yourself, I, I know that Larry is very uh, good at giving a lot of scripture references, a lot of passages. It's it's not a, you know, just here's what it is and you have to believe me. He, he's... He's looked at the scriptures, and uh, I think we, if we are interested in that topic and that theme at all, See, you know, give it I'm a, not going to be able to, to respond to them individually, but I will send them. Okay. That's assuming that they don't override my box. I will send them a copy of this one page, which gives all this all the scripture mm-hmm. that verifies exactly what I'm what I'm teaching. Okay, Vine Sword at Proton. Mail. Mail. M-A-I-L dot com. All right. Thank you very much, Larry. Appreciate hearing from you. We'll talk later. We'll talk again about this. Bye. Good. Good to hear from Larry. Uh, ProtonMail.com. That's an interesting uh, whatever. (laughs) Whatever that thing at the end is. Okay. um, Let's get back to Nehemiah quickly. Now, folks, you can give us a call. Uh, Same thing. Talk about any topic. But we're looking at Nehemiah now, trying to give a perspective of this book of uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, Jacob says that these are located at the end of the Hebrew Bible. Now, give us the the rationale for that. Well, because, see, these people are... Are not, are not separated by time. They're all associated with it coming to the during close to the end of the 70 years. And then when the 70 years comes to the end that Daniel had read from Jeremiah, that's chapter 9. He says, I've been reading Jeremiah. And I said, 70 years? And I figured it out it's ending now. Mm-hmm. So all these other things were happening in place. So Ezra and Nehemiah got permission to go do their thing. Mm-hmm. And what happened is, actually, the present king had the had things, the ancient rulings of his father, Cyrus or Darius, if you like. Uh, he, they went and found one of the old orders. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. They, they found an order his father had commanded it. And he said, well, if Dad commanded it, we're doing it. So that's kind of what happened. So this is all united by a time sequence. This is that the 70 years has come to an end. Daniel's telling him, and then Ezra does it, Nehemiah assists, and the second temple actually ends up getting built. Right. Now, the other quick question is very interesting for you to know, for everybody to know, 
Um, why? Who? Um, now, we still haven't heard from no. what tribe no. Nehemiah You want to just tell? No, no. I want somebody to try to take a shot at it. it, it it's It's not... Buried deep back in chapter 44 or something, it's pretty clear. Uh, and it makes it kind of a, has a logic to it. So I'm, I'm interested in someone uh, giving us that answer. It, but a key hint would be, remember, what are the names of the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Oh, you would ask. Han, uh, Han, uh, uh, Han, Hananiah. Uh, here, let me, I'll just look it up for you real quick. I've oh. got it here. So. Well, that's the important one that for our that, purposes, Hananiah. And the answer is in chapter 1 of Nehemiah. Very chapter first one chapter of the book, yeah. So um, what tribe did uh-huh. Nehemiah come from? All right. Well, that's that's fine. You know, don't, don't – I don't want to overtax your brain yeah, well, looking up the, the Hebrew names of these three young men. I, I understand. But anyway, uh, okay, well, <laughs> Jacob's going to take up the next hour looking for the names of those yeah. three guys. That's okay. Those you three guys. Okay, but what else you got on your mind? What else is important? Well, there is something fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, uh, the, the names of the four children, well, they call them the four children, is uh, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I gotta remember those. Azariah. Uh Azariah. well we, we say Azariah. So let's Hananiah. Hananiah. Okay. Now, all right. We have another caller that we would sure like do. To enter the contest. It's one of my favorites. Esther herself has now called in to tell us <laughs> she's the authority on these matters. Hi, Esther, good to hear so from funny. you. Good to hear Hi. From you. Nice to call. Nice to talk to you. I've been listening to you guys. Well, uh, I have that. an answer for the question, what tribe is Nehemiah okay. from? Okay, what do you think? What is it? What do I think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I read Nehemiah. I'm trying not to laugh. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1 uh, is the lead-in for Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2, which tells you that Nehemiah's brothers are from Judah. So I guess he. Ding, 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 ding. That's, that's exactly where uh, Jacob is coming from. But did you know that Hanani, the Hanani that's listed there, is uh, mm-hmm. one of the three, Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego? Did you recognize Oh, I did not name? know that. That's his Hebrew no. name, mm-hmm. Hananiah. So he calls him. That is really cool. That is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, I formulated a question listening to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, because the two books... Ezra and Nehemiah, they're going back from Babylon. And the Nehemiah is not even a Levite, so he's so intent on putting Israel back together to serve God. And if they had not done that, then, you know, Israel might have just disappeared. I mean, those two guys did a really huge thing. These are very important books. Yes, they're very important. This is that uh, restoration of Israel. Uh, it's it's yeah. a big theme, and it's bigger even just the restoration of the the uh, nation state of Israel. It, it's bigger in, in the theme that it's talking about as you re- as we apply the principles to God's people, Israel, the bigger Israel. Um, yeah. It's got a lot of lot of impact for us, and the, and they're remarkable individuals. Nehemiah was not a Levite, but uh, he. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, you said that you, we've already let the cat out of the bag. He was from the tribe of Judah. Was he part of the royal uh, uh, lineage, do you think? Remember what it says in Daniel. They only brought the princes of Judah from, from Israel, Israel over to Babylon. So and he, they castrated them mm-hmm. so they could not reproduce. So in all likelihood, he was in the royal... Well, he was. He would have been considered a prince or he uh-huh. wouldn't have got the job. Mm-hmm. So they brought the educated princes and they taught them Babylonian language, etc., etc. Now... If indeed, and he rose to that high position. Wow, that's yeah. pretty inter- makes me well, inter- no. more interesting. And what city was was he visiting in chapter one of Nehemiah? He was visiting the city of Hakaliah. Hakaliah? No, oh, that's his, that's, that's his daddy. A Chishlev. No, Shushan. Shushan. Okay, I'll get it in a minute. Yeah. Well, do you recognize that from anywhere? Shushan. 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 Yes, you do. You're, that's where. Esther had told everybody that they can go and defend themselves, remember? This is in the book of Esther. Oh, yeah, yes, so it's yes. All t- laced together. That's that city where, where uh, yes, all right. All right. My lens. So it's all laced together, you see. Well, see, that's why we pay him the big bucks, Esther. I mean, this this ability, the, the, the Jewish people have been looking at these passages for hundreds, thousands of years. And they yeah, remember, at least eight days. They remember all of these links, these connections between one book and another. And I, I well, just. I got a better question. That's so amazing this is, for us. I was actually waiting. Is Esther still in line? I think she, she is. Okay. Are you still there, I, Esther? I'm still listening. Okay. I am. Here's an interesting question. So we, we've got this he's talking to a guy from uh, Daniel Hananiah he's talking he's in Shushan where this guy's living uh-huh. mm-hmm. so we got all this being laced together and it ties into Esther and all that <laughs> hey wow her name's Esther and hey, that's this, a, right it could be a little right, confusing yeah. but okay uh, so here's another question now as we know uh, the Judah and the king uh, David is from Judah, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And through the line of David, it comes, of course, David, number one, and uh-huh. eventually the understanding is right. the Messiah. The Messiah. Right? Uh-huh. Now, why is it so important, and where do they get the idea that it's essential to rebuild this temple all the time? Now, you're still talking about the temple. Nehemiah was more involved with the wall, actually. Is that included in your question? Well, or? yes. But, yeah, because this actually takes place within 14 years afterwards. But, okay. Yes. So we got Ezra. We got Nehemiah. But why is this concentration about returning, building the wall, building the temple in Jerusalem? Okay. Why? Now, we, the Jews understand it will be rebuilt a third time. They've always understood that. Uh-huh. And that supposedly was coming very uh-huh. shortly. That's such an easy question. I'm going to let Esther answer. Oh, that. Esther. Okay. Well, may, maybe Esther's got. <laughs> That's it. A, see what I did there is a little bit of trick. I really don't know the answer to that, Esther. Do you have a an idea? Okay, I've, I've lost track of the question. Give me in a nutshell again. In a nutshell, why is it so important for Ezra and Nehemiah to go back and do this second temple, Solomon's temple, or yeah, not Solomon's temple, but the second temple? And why is this important? And as we understand, the Jews will do a third temple, and that's coming. But why is it always so important to have this temple? Where do they derive this idea from? That you've got to go back and rebuild the temple. Hmm. Okay. I don't really know why it's so important to rebuild a temple. I know it was such a poor little second temple that uh, they were crying. You know, the ones that had seen the original temple, their hearts were broken because they were so reduced 
you know, mm-hmm. in size and, and uh, grandeur. There was just, but uh, they, why they want the temple is because uh, they want, these guys wanted to serve the living God. Correctly, the whole identity and, of the people was kind of wrapped up in. There's something. Well, they wanted to get back to correct worship sure. because they had gone so long yeah. without it, and they were really sticking to the commandments. You know, commandment number four is uh, to observe the Sabbath. Uh-huh. And poor little Nehemiah right. was so upset because they were they were doing uh, work on the Sabbath or they're yes. conducting business on the conducting Sabbath. Business, he actually yeah. jumped yeah. on him and he started pulling out their beards. Yeah, he got out. So he was committed. Well, you know, I'm going to let you go so I can listen in the other room. Yeah, the so question what, he asked yeah. is, is we we typically think, well, they're Jews. Of course, the temple. They had to have the temple because their identity yeah. is caught up in it and all. But I think you have a more specific I do. thing involved, right? Okay. Uh, uh, Esther, I love having you on. You could be our third host for a whole hour if you like, or if you'd like. I don't want to hold you if you need to run on, but we're, we're glad to have you stay with us as long as you'd like. But I want Jacob to tell us a little bit about why is this, what's this specific reason that it, that are There's you some familiar? Now, remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are portents. I don't like the word foreshadow. Abraham, foreshadow Isaac, just and says Jacob. Foreshadow just says it's a kind of giving something that's going to happen in the mm-hmm, future. That mm-hmm, troubles mm-hmm. me. When people say, oh, well, you know, Isaac being going to be offered is a foreshadow of Jesus being offered. And I return the compliment by saying, each well, of act- them, huh? huh? What's e- that? Abraham, Isaac, and each of them in their own way were Yeah, but I'm giving an example why I don't use the word foreshadow. I got you. Because if I return a compliment and say, well, you know, Jesus being uh, crucified is just an aftershadow of the real thing, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, okay. I okay, so I don't use that word. But I like the word portents because it carries with it not just uh, an example of what's going to happen, but also carries the idea that it's actually uh, very... Pointing to the future concrete thing that happened but it carries something with it about a future okay so neither one is less important neither one is more important. okay all right but here it is you're familiar with the term or the famous story in genesis and abraham isaac and jacob they are all portents their lives actually exemplify and lay out the entire groundwork for all the history of israel all right. Uh, so if you don't know that, if you know the book of Genesis, you'll know the beginning, the middle, and what happens in the end. Wow. Uh, and that's why at the have end. Have you told me that before? I have. Mm-hmm. But, it was, but I think it counts more tonight. So, <laughs> Maybe I heard it for the story. Uh-huh. There's a story about Jacob. He lays his head on a rock in Genesis 28. Uh, Esther? I'm, I'm feeling like I should let you go because I don't want to keep you tied up. Jacob's into a deal here, but but uh, is that all right? We can say good night. Thank you for calling. We really appreciate your insight on that and your thoughts about uh, Nehemiah. There, we're off on a different track now with uh, well going back so, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, a port, mm-hmm. portent, portent of uh-huh. the, it. it of, it, of the future it, in history. its own right, it's important, mm-hmm. but it also gives something else that will become. At least as important. 
Okay. Now, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are other lives as the patriarchs always demonstrate everything. If you go back, and I'm not the only one that knows this, even mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. scholars mm-hmm. have gone mm-hmm. back and said, you know, we've noticed that these guys going and coming and everything they do is the story of Israel. In fact, you'll find the same repetition in the story of Jesus because what does he do when he's born? He goes down to Egypt and he comes back. You got the repetition. It's teaching us qualities or characteristics of the nation of Israel and perhaps the Messiah himself. Mm-hmm. But there's a story about Jacob, and he lays his head on a rock. I remember that Where one. does he? Where does this take place at? Now, this is not when he's coming. It's not when he's coming back from Laban's house up north. It's when he's fleeing. He's leaving Israel and going up north to live with his uncle, Laban, and uh, so uh, after the time, after the difficulty he has with Esau, uh, and he has the birthright, he, you know, and the and blessing. And the famous term that everybody talks about is something he takes a dream, and his head is on the rock. And what does he dream? We about? are climbing Jacob's ladder. Uh, yeah, he sees a, he has a dream, and he sees so a ladder what is extending. The ladder and, about? And angels coming uh-huh. up and down. And where does this where does this dream take place? Okay, at? it takes place. Uh, well, anyway, let me just kind of cut to the By place. the river? Well, okay. <laughs> By that you? same river we stops later on or not? No, no, I don't okay. know. Here's the point. Bethel? The foot of the ladder is one place. Okay. The top of the ladder is someplace else. Sure. But the very middle of the ladder is where the temple is. Whoa. Where do you get that? Oh, uh, The question is, why didn't you get that? uh, So what we got is, you see, it's right there. It's the ladder. Is it? Does it tell in that context? Yes. Yeah. Or is it? Are you kind of uh, thinking, driving from the idea that the angels? I would have no idea about this if it wasn't shared with me. Yeah, but is it the the presence of the angels that makes this? The angels going up and down. Okay. Why are they going up and down? What is the temple about? The temple is a spot where, God follow is. me on this, this is why Nehemiah is so dedicated to this. He's a descendant of Judah. But prior to David, who was the one of the forebearers of David? We know it's going to be Abraham. Boaz. Uh, Keep going back. Let's talk uh, about the patriarchs. Ruth. I'll go back to them would be Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I suppose. It would be not, a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, why would Lot be important? Now, let's finish the ladder thought. So you got the ladder right in the middle. Uh-huh. Why in the middle of this ladder is the temple? Because it is the place. Now, this is, should be meaningful even to Christians in their own uh-huh, house sure. of worship today. Because you build a church, you're going in to see God. That's a Christian thought. You're not just going to visit. Supposedly, you're going to talk to him. He's going to be there. Is that right? God dwelling. Uh Okay, okay. Well, you see, the temple is right in the middle. Mm -hmm. Why is it in the middle? Because it's the middle ground between heaven and earth. That's why the angels are going up and coming down, going up and coming down. And Jacob is taking them right over there to the middle. And that's why the temple's curtain inside the big curtain mm-hmm. the Holy of Holies. Yes, right. Very, very thick, and it's a color purple. Why would it be purple? 
I know. Is that music is we got to go? Yeah, Temple About Heaven. Is Blue About Heaven? Well, that's half of it. Okay. Well, we'll find the answer to the question when we come back. All right? We shall. All right. Well, this is fascinating to me. It's a little mind-blowing, but I'm hanging in there. Oh, we're glad to, glad you're along with us, folks. This is the Bible Live. I'm still pondering uh, these questions. We're getting all this coming from the book of Nehemiah, Ezra, Nehemiah, this time when they they made such a great emphasis on going back and rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem and, and rebuilding the walls, uh, getting their their um, their security uh, back in place and everything. 340, the 9585, that's our phone number. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Just a little, little one segment left, folks, just another half hour. We're, we're kind of deep into Ezra and Nehemiah, and yet we have kind of traced, we're seeing why it's so important that Ezra and Nehemiah are dedicated to this rebuilding of this temple. And Jacob is sharing some things here that link their life and their experience together with going all the way back to Jacob and the, the, this ladder with the with heaven is one end and he's in the, on the earth on the other and in the middle there's this temple and then we see the same theme that goes back even to Abraham and to Lot we think a lot of us think of a lot of us uh, think of Lot as a villain in our in our. But we realm. know but from Second Peter it says that Lot was, was a righteous, righteous man. man, and so that so. was a real surprise. I remember when we ran across that, and you pointed that out. And, and so Lot himself was also a picture of this trying to. Uh, Abraham was the idea with the angels uh, that had met him. He was uh, the angels it, from God uh-huh. came to Abraham, right? The, and he bargained. Mm-hmm. He said, let's let's go from 50 to 10. 50 what do, to, what yeah. do you say? Uh-huh. So he's bringing the idea. you got to put these stories together. Mm-hmm. To he's understand. trying to bring heaven down to earth. He is. But you got to understand why Second or then Second Peter says Lot was righteous. Because Lot was trying to bring Sodom and Gomorrah up, lift yes. earth to heaven. And, the, and the, nobody's stupid. And that's why the curtain is purple, is because blue represents heaven, red represents the earth, right. and the, the temple. That's the, why they call it royal purple. Uh-huh. It's divine and human. Mm-hmm. That's why the temple curtain was purple, very thick, mm-hmm. but it's purple. That's why the kings would wear it, because they were like gods. And that was the idea of why Jesus was, they put a purple robe on him and mocked him. But the, the idea was that yeah. he was claiming to be that, so, I guess, intermediary. Yeah, sure. So what happens is, Abraham, as you said, he he says, look, give him a break. Let's go down to 10. They say, Okay. Uh, two angels go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, when they wrote, you got to put those stories together uh-huh, to understand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So when Lot says, and this is why in Second Peter. It says he's a righteous says, man. Peter understood the story. It says he offered his daughters. That's a, They know 
and nobody's stupid. They know that's an abhorrent idea. We should just hate that guy for doing that. That's that's kind of generally our yeah. well, take on the and, on the But passage. you got the problem with Saint Peter saying he's righteous because yeah. he was trying to that what they were doing is this homosexual rape, yeah. this kind uh-huh. of business. Um, he was saying, look, come up one tiny step. Now we look at the story of Abraham. He started at 50. He goes down a little bit. Bring it a little lower. Uh-huh. See, I want to uh-huh. bargain the guy. Uh-huh. Give him a little break. So, God so he's bargaining, too, on the way up. Yes. Trying so to lift him had up. the Sodom and Gomorrahites uh, said, okay, we'll take a step upward. We'll rape your daughters. We would still hate everybody involved. It's a horrible story. Then he could have done what Abraham done done the next step. Say, well, you know, raping women's not right. He could have started bringing them up. That's why this Jacob's ladder. Now here's uh-huh. the catch. Okay. Now a lot gets and his family gets taken, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And Abraham, who's dealing closer with heaven and God, he goes and he captures. All lot and his family returns everybody. And then a guy that the Christians call Melchizedek, in Hebrew it's actually two words, Melchizedek, Uh which means the king of Salem, which is Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So Jerusalem, so this ties us together. You mean Jerusalem's here? And so the temple, the temple is tying everything. So this all starts tying together that he's saying, look, the Messiah will come. And he'll start talking to people. And he'll start trying to raise you up to do the right thing, to live right. And isn't that not what the Gospels tried to tell you that you just did? Exactly right. And, and I was interested in the way, uh, I mean, this, I mean, we're, I don't know how our listeners are hearing this, you know, as some kind of a weird, I'm hear, thinking, I'm some weird on heresy here on the Bible Live. But no, this is a legitimate, true, legitimate perspective of the scriptures. It, it, it makes sense. And if we tie in the story mm-hmm. about Jacob, which came before right. Lot, mm-hmm. it goes back. But he came, he, we got the ladder. And where the ladder's middle ground is, uh-huh. believe me, it works out the in Hebrew the and, and with the numbers. Mm-hmm. Now. It's exactly at Jerusalem. The, and that, why is it right in the middle? Because it's that middle ground between earth and heaven. Are you saying that's where uh, Jacob was? The middle of the ladder uh-huh. is where the temple was. Oh, I see. Be. Okay, okay. Because you asked me before, where yeah, was Jacob right. when he did and that? And so the, la- the foot of the ladder is here, okay. and the top of it's over at this place. You. But the middle of it's right at the temple. Okay, okay. And so what he's doing is right there the thing starts fitting together, that heaven and earth Earth will be raised. It's this theme you're talking yeah. about. These cycle, this theme yeah, of see, how God is operating. See, if nobody tells you to start interpreting these symbols that way, you're kind of missing a teaching about Israel. Wow. You miss a teaching about the Messiah. So there will be something going on mm-hmm. that's about the temple and the temple. And today, if I may jump ahead, uh-huh. people go to Christian churches, don't do they not? Oh, sure, sure, sure. And when you go there, you're talking about church buildings. I am. Yeah. I was going to ask you, though, how does this relate to the right. theme now that that the, the temple now is not a building? It's it's people. It's God's people. It's always been people. All right. That's okay. a misunderstanding. I was wondering how that theme but the, but the point, t- lines you know, up with this. Today, when people you're go saying. to a church building, okay. I know that the Christian scriptures say, oh, well, it's a person. But they still have churches. All of, 1604 is loaded with churches. Mm-hmm. 
And everybody, well, I understand. Yeah, a I place know you, of worship. I know you do. So I just want to re- reinstruct and reinforce my uh-huh. analogy because uh-huh. we'll get sidetracked about people. Uh-huh. My point is, they go there. Now, when they go there, they believe that they're meeting somebody there. It's them coming to the church, and they believe God's going to be there. Right, and they yeah. have this inter this intermingling and this face to face with God, if you will. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they got the same idea. It's exact same sure, idea. Sure, sure. So what's happening is, is that they're coming to worship. They're coming up from the earth to their spot. And most Christians try to live right and they try to do the right thing. Exactly what Lot was trying to get the Sodom and Gomorrahites to do. And so, and then when Abraham with God's help, of course, frees all the people and returns everything to Lot. He gives tithes to Melchizedek or Melchizedek. And so we know he's the king. And, and you step back and say, wait a minute, what do you mean king of Salem? Jerusalem's not there yet. Uh-huh. Ah. So, but Lot does something. The same thing Abraham's, but from the earth upwards. That's why St. Peter, uh, Peter mm-hmm. in the... Uh, Christian scriptures uh-huh. say he's righteous because they're explaining they the guy who wrote that I guess Peter I guess he understood sure. the story sure so the idea is and the reason that this Jacob's ladder is there because it's telling you right dead center will be what the Messiah is going to do he's going to come back he's going to talk to he's going to try to do but successfully do uh-huh. what Lot attempted uh-huh. to do lifting men to yes, God that's, right. that's that's very fascinating I I uh, and I don't want to get distracted on this and all, but I am uh, surely that has in some ways I'm just thinking about this idea that, you know, and you said, yeah, like you said, it's never about buildings. It's always been about God's people yeah. uh, ultimately being the, the temple of God. Uh, but I, is that part of the idea that now is God's people here on planet Earth? We we are. Uh, I understand that we are a, a nation from Peter again, that we are a nation of priests and kings. And I would think the priesthood is the idea of representing God to men. Well, and the king is do, representing men to God. Yeah, the idea, if that's maybe. the case. Would that the, be consistent with the idea well, that we are the temple? The idea is consistent. But my question is this. Mm-hmm. Do people live that way? Do they really do God's laws? Do they really do it today? Aren't we, aren't we, I think, I think, well, I can, I, I'm, I'll just personalize it. I I think I do. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's Thank my you. attempt is to obey God okay, and his commands. Okay, your intent is good. And I think God's people generally, that's yeah. what hey, they want to do. Hey, you know what the word for in Hebrew is for intent? <laughs> I don't know. You'll never forget. It's like the Irish last name Kavanaugh. It's Kavanaugh. It's uh-huh. intent. That's How my intent. <laughs> and God does accept intent. And I know about good intentions. And uh, so, no, no, uh, it's, so, it's but, okay. But the point is that you, you're supposed to do something about the earth. That's why, if I may suggest, that Jesus was saying, uh, let your will be done on earth, God's laws. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. So we're uh-huh. supposed to be... Yeah, uh, isn't that what we're about as God's people? We're trying to... Uh, be a little point the, of light Jews, is, uh, is. The Jews have a Hebrew term called tikkun olam. Do you know what that means? Mm. Every Jew knows this. Uh, no. In other words, rebuild the earth, uh-huh. rectify, repair the earth. Okay. And I mean, so we're supposed to start making the earth a holy place. Because the reason God sent us here was to make the earth a holy place, like it is in heaven. 
Well, aren't we trying all try, all of God's people who truly love God and were related to God and, and walking yeah. by faith? Aren't we trying to do that? Aren't I we don't know. living, I, trying I, to I, uh, live some, for God and yeah, be but God's I, people? I don't know. I don't know if the word love is appropriate because I can love something and still be a monster. And there's a great saying from Poland. You know what the Poland, the Polish uh-huh. statement is? There's a great statement that says even monsters have a mother that loves them. Yeah, that's true. But I... I think that's what we're. Uh, that but, would but, be a characteristic of God's people. Okay, so we're, so we're supposed to do it. Would be, but until we actually sit down and talk about why does Peter say that Lot was righteous? Uh-huh. If we don't know what's righteous about Lot, then we miss the point. And we say, well, how did they know to do this? Because what did Abraham do? He actually went back, and yeah. he was assisting by God. That's right. He gave it to the king it's 50th, it's of 40th. Salem, oh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then what happens is Jacob, the guy who's the progenitor of the 12 tribes, he actually sleeps and sees that the Messiah will be successful. He will bring right in the middle earth to meet heaven, and heaven will come down to earth. And so the reason I'm bringing all that up is there's one particular purpose. I think it's interesting that Larry called in about this rapture Mm -hmm. business. But what's interesting to me is this is why if we understand Nehemiah and Ezra, this was, if you'll pardon this term, this enthusiasm or fanaticism, whatever you want to call it, that you understand that that's our job. Uh This is where God chose to have the temple. So there's something that they wanted that God wanted that place to be the temple. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have churches and synagogues mm-hmm, and places all over. Mm-hmm. But that's the place. That's why it says in the end times, my house will be called a house of prayer for all people. Because that's where God will sure. be. I will dwell in there. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, all of that. And it does bear. The, it's kind of the deep, deep backdrop of Ezra and Nehemiah that we don't well, see. That's why a lot when you of. read these books, you say, well, why are these books here? Because it's telling you that these guys understood this. And even in the Christian scriptures, like saying Peter talks about righteous law. So they understood this. So they understand that this is God ordained. This is why for 2000, for 2000 years when the Jews were spread around the diaspora throughout the world, this is why they came back in 1948. And as I like to point out, Abraham was born in 1948. From creation. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? It is. It really so is. So you see, all this stuff starts fitting together. Well, I want to find out now, about, just to Nehemiah. Now, one thing, you, know, you just focus almost exclusively on the temple. Yes. And uh, we're not very accustomed to think of Nehemiah in relationship to the temple. Well, that was more Ezra, okay. who supervises the rebuilding so, of the temple. And we think of Nehemiah. Yes. But we think of Nehemiah more in the role of rebuilding the temple and, re, and I mean rebuilding the walls and re, rebuilding the, the the defensive capabilities of of, of uh, Jerusalem and kind of restoring the order, uh, the social political order of the Nehemiah. People. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Now, instead yes. of the, instead of so much about the temple, is that wrong? Or? No, no, it's one hundred percent right. In fact, Nehemiah is the guy that and Ezra took care of the temple. Uh-huh. And when it says that the book of Nehemiah and broke, and you said the beginning of the story also wrote Chronicles, I think the best scholarship is that Ezra 
wrote the genealogies of uh-huh. Chronicles. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, so what you've got is Ezra. He's a he's a, a Levite, a scribe. He's coming back handling the temple. Uh-huh. But Judah comes back and reestablishes the wall, the nation. You start getting the picture of yes. Judah. Who, uh-huh. and who comes from Judah? The Messiah. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go. The whole thing starts fitting together. Well, um, I, I see that it does fit together. I believe that with all my heart, but I don't see it as clearly as you do. I don't think, not yet. Uh, but I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing, and uh, it is fascinating, and it is very, very invigorating to me. It's very enlightening, and it's very uh, inspirational to well, me. Well, and here's interesting. Listen, I'm going to jump right back for one sentence. Mm-hmm. Ezra, chapter 2, verse, uh, it is, verse 2. And the ones that came with him was Zerubbabel, Yusha, mm-hmm. Nehemiah. I'll stop there because it's actually mentioning that Nehemiah had come back. You uh-huh, see? Uh-huh. So they're all there. Right. And they, I mean, they all came to rebuild Jerusalem. Now, Nehemiah, Judah, he comes back and establishes the wall. He actually sets in place the singers, the people performing. He does the organization and the wall to protect. But the temple would be done by a Levite. Now, David had established that system of, uh, uh, of singers and David choir and so on, had the gatekeepers hun- and all. He did. Now, Nehemiah reestablishes it. Is he, that the idea? Actually, I'm going to tell you a shocking thing. Mm-hmm. Five times in the what you call the Old Testament, the Tanakh, uh, it gets reorganized. Hmm. Uh, now, Nehemiah does this. This was Judah's job. So, Judah will do this. See, we're learning characteristics about about the Messiah. Five times. It gets organized. It, it's, never, it's never destroyed. They always use the same system, basically, right? Here's what happens. There are times when there were no temple. There mm-hmm. was the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the second by the Romans. Mm-hmm. Now, in those periods, and, for, and right now we know, as you said earlier, there's no temple for 2,000 years. So if we're going to reestablish, let's say a third temple gets built. We got to figure out who's going to be first and who's going to be second. Do we go back and use David's method? Probably, but is there I, any chance that that we are the third temple? I, I'm just you. Maybe I'm muddying the water. No, it, you're not muddying. It the has water. to be a brick and mortar temple. We're not talking. There must be a brick and mortar temple. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they used mortar, but you know, they, but they used bricks. Yeah. But. You, that's not an either or, it's both. You are the temple because you become where God lives. Uh-huh. But the building where God himself, now he's in the universe, he doesn't have to be in the temple, but he's showing a place uh-huh. where this will be worshipped. And everybody, and that's why Jeremiah explains that, well, you know, there will be a spot that comes and my house will be a house of prayer for all people. Mm-hmm. So you'll have God in you. You'll be your little temple mm-hmm. and everybody will be happy with you. But so, <laughs> It's but, not about me. I mean, I mean all of you, including all of God's people, all those who I understand. love the Lord. Uh, I was just wondering how it relates, how that truth relates well, to the Well, if other. you approach one and say, oh, well, one doesn't count, but the other does. There's a real problem. They both count. Uh-huh. Okay. 
But but the point is, that's why I just want to emphasize, that's what this is all about. Why would the story be here? Why do we have to know that a guy from Judah comes back, rebuilds a wall, organizes how things are done at the temple, just as David had done, and as you well point out. And then Ezra, a priest, he helped set up the the temple itself. He's a Levite. So you see, the story starts fitting together. This is amazing, really. Yeah, I I, I have... have, uh, like I said, that's deep background information and understanding of the. But then, but then, just even on the superficial kind of way, wow. Nehemiah is just an amazing individual in the sense of what he does in the details of how he reestablishes not only helping rebuild the wall, but and he does this this rebuilding of the wall. And maybe he's a picture then of that idea of lifting uh, mankind to heaven. But he he's having to do that work. While at the same time there are distractions, there are attacks. He's under attack. Yeah. He's, on, he's people are trying to distract him from the task. Yeah. You know, and all. It, it, maybe he's a good picture of trying to do the heavenly, divine work of God, but in a world where corruption exists and good and evil coexist, and it, it, maybe he's a good example well, of. Let's, let's take a quick look at something here of how we should live in, in Nehemiah that way. chapter eight. Uh huh. Uh, it says, uh, now the version I got says, uh, verse 9, chapter 8, verse 9. Nehemiah was like the viceroy, it says, Ezra, the priest and the scribe. Okay. And the Levites who were explaining to the people and said to the people, as the people were weeping, listen to the words of the Torah. So they started teaching the Torah, you see. So mm-hmm. the purpose of the temple and you is if you're a temple uh-huh. is so that you can get God's laws and not just say them but know them and believe them and live them and look at verse yeah. uh, ele- uh look at verse 11 and the levites was hushing and silencing the people hush for this is a holy day what holy day would this be I suppose it would be. Oh my goodness! Who knows the Sabbath, uh, no, Yom a, Kippur, a, or uh, what comes before Yom Kippur? Um, oh, uh, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, you got it. Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> now let's jump over, continuing on. I'm only working up a little bit because it's okay. Time. Okay. Now look over here at verse uh, 14, and they had found the Torah that God had commanded through Moses. That the Israelites, the mm-hmm. Israelis, because mm-hmm. back actually in the Bible they're called Israelis exactly what they're called today, uh-huh. should dwell in that such during the festival of the seventh month. What would that be? Uh, Feast of Tabernacles. You got right? it. Yeah. Sukkot, Tabernacles. Sukkot. Uh-huh. So we have Rosh Hashanah. We have Sukkot. We are the Feast of Tabernacles. So you got all this going on. And now, this is one of the passages. Being restored, in other words, right? Okay. And this is actually one of the passages that people like to, in in some scholarly criticism, Uh they like to come back and say, oh, well, you know, Ezra wrote the entire Torah. He found this, he did that. And there's a a strong doctrinaire uh, theme out there by some scholars, especially Mm -hmm. at college levels. Mm -hmm. And I've listened to them, and I've just been shocked by the lack of scholarship. Because they say, oh, well, this means that he, he wrote the Torah. And he did all this, and it doesn't say anywhere near that. It say, and this is one of the passages they like to say. Well, it says uh, he wrote the Torah, 
And he was telling them what it means. In other words, also, not everybody could speak Hebrew, so they had to do it in, in the Babylonian language, some mm-hmm. Aramaic, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, this is actually one of the Because all of these returnees had been born in over in exile. Well, in I can't say all, but most, yeah. Well, none of them returned. It would be all of them, right? They all would have had to been born in Babylon. Well, there might have been a few old guys. Really? Of oh, that old, huh? And uh, Over 70? Yeah, because we know Daniel didn't come back, but he was still alive. A teenager. Yeah. And we know that when Nehemiah yeah, was there. Yeah, making that journey would be hard. He well, didn't. And, he had, and Nehemiah had a conversation okay. with one of the guys who went with Daniel. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Okay. So, I was yeah. just thinking they... Well, I, I would say, mm-hmm. I, I, if you look for percentage, I'll say 98.2. How's that? <laughs> okay. But so the they did is, need the reminder that so Ezra's giving them. So high holy yeah. days become very important. Mm-hmm. Rosh Hashanah, and they're teaching them, and then we have the Sukkot. Restoration the, of, the, of their tabernacle. calendar, right, is yes, the idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that, so it's all put there. Then in chapter 13, as Esther, when she called in, had mentioned in chapter 13, he gives, Nehemiah says, look, the reason for this temple is the last item, if you look in Exodus, the last item built into the temple is, think of it as a plaque of wood, a piece of wood, a roof. They, build, they give all the instructions for building a temple, and then it says, and on the Sabbath, the Sabbath becomes part of the temple. It's actually one of the building materials. Uh-huh. So it's in chapter 13. He says, hey, you guys got us honor the Sabbath. And it's uh, 15, 13 through 22. Wow. So he's actually reestablished. He said, listen, now here's the point is, I know in, the, in many times this will explain why this becomes so understood and so important to Jews that they understand this stuff about the temple, Israel, it's God. And there are three patriarchs, and the three patriarchs, and each one dug wells. Each the wells are the temple. Okay. Well, I've got to say one thing just as we end up, because we're coming to the last of our minutes, is that we come to the final verses of Nehemiah, chapter 13, and it's the final prayer. Uh, I I mentioned at the beginning that that is prayer. He says, remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. Thus I cleanse them of every pagan thing. I also assign duties to the priests and Levites, each to his service, to bring the wood offerings and the first fruits at appointed times. Remember me, O God, for good. For good. And always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. Thanks for joining us tonight, folks. We'll see you next Sunday evening here on The Bible Live. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.